Hi everyone, Kyle here. So we had a couple of technical difficulties with this episode, so the first couple minutes are missing and then there's a little choppy bit, but after that, smooth sailing. But it does mean that our introduction was cut off. So the film this week is Snow Falling on Cedars, and our guests are Elizabeth Hopkins and Dan Levine, and that's all you need to know. So enjoy the episode. Keep hawking the skies. You know, so think of this as time travel from then to now. So you went from Shine, which got Jeffrey Rush and Oscar, to this. My first thought is just, I. this is one of the few movies where, one, I know, I love Rich, James Cromwell's the best, James Rebhorn has been in every TV show. Like, I like... Yeah, so. no, it's a, it's a really great cast. It yeah. It feels weird because it leans much more on cinematography, mm-hmm. but it did feel at times like they were squandering having, like, a very star-studded cast. Yeah, like, Richard Jenkins is, like, the beginning and the end. Yeah. Like, I feel like he's the sheriff, and he disappeared, like, the whole middle way through. Uh, but anyway, this movie is about a small town in Washington in the 50s, uh, and a Japanese man is accused of murdering his fishing boat partner, and it flows back and forth between time of before the war and after the war and uh, focus on Japanese internment, which I feel like I've never actually seen depicted in a movie before. And if anyone knows any other movies that involve Japanese internment camps, please let me know, because there just aren't any. Yeah. I know that uh, James... Uh, George Takei just did a Broadway musical yeah, that's right. about it was, that. Like his family's life and it's right. him and like oh, Leia wow. Salonga and stuff. So yeah. it sounds really good, but that's like the only other internment fiction that I know. Um, but yeah, this, this man is accused of murder, and his wife knows that he's innocent. And Ethan Hawke's character, Ishmael Chambers, Jesus, has been in love with her since they were kids. Like they have a, like a cute childhood romance and then he went to war she broke up with him because he had to go to war and she married the man who, what is his name Kazue or something uh Katsuo I thought Katsuo yeah yeah um but yeah she marries him instead yeah and, and he loses his yeah. arm in the war very symbolic yeah. moment so this movie's about feelings and time oh feelings and war yeah <laughs> uh um it should be noted that the uh, the tagline, at least on the DVD case, was first love lasts forever, which for so much of the movie is just like, yeah, that's the moral, is Ethan Hawke still in love with the Essentially. It's very interesting because it, you know, I, I feel like obviously their love is, you know, one of the central focuses of the movie, but it definitely does feel like sometimes it's kind of sort of squeezing in between, like, the some of the larger themes. I, and, I, I definitely agree. I, yeah. I also, but I felt like that kind of served to the point of like, oh, that's because like Ishmael is hung up on this, and like mm-hmm. everyone else has like gotten on with her life. Like, like she has a child. Like, yeah, she's like Hatsue's a person. Yeah, Hatsue's <laughs> a person like, with her own shit going on. She's not really thinking about Ishmael a lot. Like, so he's if, just like so hopelessly in love with her. She's really good. I've never seen that actress in anything else. I can't imagine because I don't ever see Asian people in movies. Yeah, because <laughs> Hollywood. Yeah. Well, um. So, I, I don't know, you can decide if now's the time to bring this up, Kyle, but, so, I, uh, you were saying that this had a lot of, uh, some steep competition in the box office, is that what it was? Oh. When it came out? Yeah, like, that's, like, 
why don't we just yep it out of the way because I'm, we're just be setting it up. Um, basically, How much did we make? Like twenty three million, and it cost like thirty million to make, so it didn't really make back its budget. Yeah, but it. Came out feel like a movie that didn't yeah. back its budget. Budget. Yeah, it. this is something to talk about. It's kind of like a forgotten awards bait movie. Yeah, it's one that just no one really talks about. I assume. I think. I mean, people I know the book. I've never heard of this until we found out we were watching. Me podcast. neither. Um, I, I used to see used copies of the book in like every house I went into for yeah. three years straight. And I <laughs> yeah, it, it seems like the book and, and it, the it DVD. never looked interesting enough for me to. It's like it, to compare it to a more recent movie. It's like. Uh, the Benedict Cumberbatch, um, Alan Turing movie. Oh, the Invitation Game. Yeah, yeah. like, who's, no one cares about that. It, that actually won an Oscar, but still. But yeah, no, <laughs> it did. It was just kind of like, it came Alan out. Turing doesn't really seem like great movie material. Yeah, you know what? That director went on to direct that terrible box office bomb, Passengers, which came out in December. What is, what was it? Oh, I didn't even see Sci-fi movie, Chris Pratt, Jennifer Lawrence, terrible. Didn't see it, don't bother. I'm just going to go through the top ten. Number this, is ball, this is number one. Peters. Nine. Deuce Bigelow. Male Gigolo. Classic. <laughs> Bicentennial Man. Classic. I saw that one. I, I think I saw that when it came out with my dad. Yeah, and then another movie that was just given its wide release, Magnolia. Okay. Uh-huh. Six. Toy Story 2. Oh, still, my God. Still going strong. Yeah. Five. Galaxy Quest. Great movie. Galaxy Quest is a lot of fun. Four. Any Given Sunday, which I've never seen. Yeah, no. I no. Know. Three, The Talented Mr. Ripley. I'll never saw that. Perfect movie. <laughs> Two, The Green Mile. Oh, oh my god. Uh huh. And number one, Stuart Little. <laughs> okay, that makes sense. Yeah, I see. What a crazy box office. Nearly every other movie on this list. Yeah. And like, saw a couple of them in theaters when this came out. I saw Stuart Little and Toy Story 2 in theaters. Yeah. I saw Stuart Little, Toy Story 2, and Bicentennial Man, I think, in theaters. I never watched the movie, but I recognized the both from the Pepsi robot. commercials. I was like a kid and I thought it was going to be a robot movie and asked my dad to take me to it, and then both of us were very bored. Yeah, it was about like, I, I read the plot summary. I kind of want to watch Robin it. Williams lives for 200 years, which is kind of like yeah. tasteless now. Yeah, exactly. Oof. Yeah. yeah, I guess I didn't think of it like that. Anyway, Snow Falling on Cedars. Ethan's got one arm because of the war. He is just like upset. Yeah, which is fair. Little kid in love with the Japanese girl in his town. They, one of the Japanese yeah. girls. It's a big community. It, that was the thing that was interesting about this was seeing like a community that was like, like 50-50 or like 75-25 like white yeah. Japanese. We can start, yeah. Um, they like picked strawberries together where they were all just working the fields. Everyone would yeah, all the child them. labor in this movie. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That was just a Yeah, that, that was, was a little just... interesting just from today's perspective. Yeah. That, you know, uh, 12-year-old kid. And everyone gets along and they have the strawberry parade and the strawberry princess is always a Japanese girl as like racial harmony as... Ethan Hawke's father, Sam Shepard, says he's yeah. very, he's very good in this movie, but he's barely in it. Yeah, he, this movie has a lot of. Um, I feel like a lot of comparisons could be made to uh, To Kill a Mockingbird. Just yeah, that it's this is a trial that is about a crime that is not just about this one thing. It is actually about race relations for this entire town and region. And it's like the musical Parade. And it's a lot like Parade. But I was gonna say I felt like Sam Shepard's uh, character was kind of like a like uh, tacked on Atticus Finch. Yeah, because he doesn't really. I mean, he's dead before this even happens. Exactly. He's just an influence on Ethan's life. And he like is becoming his father, and he puts well, on like his glasses. A, like a scene, it's like the 
the film's own insecurity about not being to kill a mockingbird yeah. is brought out in the Ethan Hawke character's insecurity about never living up to his dad that shows up in the movie for like it's like a deadbeat movie dad. He only shows up for like five minutes. <laughs> but he's not yeah, but as a character he's not deadbeat. He's a good dad. Yeah. He oh, just, yeah, no, no, just um, he's one of the few like, people defending time. Yeah. The one of the few people defending his Japanese neighbors. Yeah, saying like maybe these internment camps are a very bad and fucked up yeah, idea. Because after Pearl Harbor, um, everyone like starts turning and then his adver- his uh newspaper starts losing advertisers because he's not racist. He's defending the Japanese. Um and you can see where, you know, Ethan Hawke's character picks up that tradition from his father, you know, both in what he ends up doing later in the movie, which not yeah. to give anything away yet, but... <laughs> yeah. Um, should we just, like, talk about the directing in this movie and the editing? Should we just, like, get that out of the way so we yeah, can talk about yeah, exactly. what we... Not to, like, whitewash the frustration that I have with this movie, well, but I, I wanted to just talk about it. The production people already whitewashed all of it, like, <laughs> multiple times. It looked like it had been out in the sun for too long. Yeah, the colors in this movie are very subtle. It's, like, mostly, like, blacks and whites and blues and grays. I thought the prettiest shot was when the sheriff is first on the boat, like, investigating, like, when they pull the mm-hmm. body up and you well, see the, the sound. Mountain, yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, the two. I thought that was gorgeous. sound on, like, this, like, beautiful, like, placid, like, bay water. I don't know? think it's those gorgeous. shots happened enough because the a- editing is so frantic yeah. and ridiculous in this movie. Like, it's everything is a zoom on, like, a briefcase yeah. or the printing press or just chopping wood or being in war. Or fish, wa- dead fish, whopping, washing up on sea, on the shore. It like, felt like... And then later, dead people. Exactly. In the same exact... Sequence. Symbolic. Space. It, it felt yeah. like they were filming everything too close it, to yeah, disguise the fact tight. that, like, it was on a soundstage or something for the war. Yeah. I can't tell. Uh, yeah, it, so much of the stuff that, but, like, there are these really gorgeous and, like, um, it felt like almost like reminiscent of, like, earlier Tal- Terrence Malick movies. Yeah. With, like, these, like, big, like, open spaces and, like, this gorgeous, like, regional scenery, but then there's only, like, a little bit of that. And yeah. then so much of it's, like, zooms, like, zooms up of, like, napes of necks. Yeah. And, like, <laughs> I, I, my least favorite editing decision in this film was when, uh, Ishmael is watching the proceed the court proceedings, yeah. and it goes over his furrowed brow, and then it shows him like opening something, like writing something down, and then it just does the furrowed brow shot again. But he's looking slightly <laughs> differently. It's I hated it. <laughs> Not a lot of like, I mean, like you rarely see somebody's whole body in a shot in this movie. Yeah. It's all like cut off from the like the chest up, mm-hmm. or and then like sometimes like the head also. Like it's very weird framing. To kind of speak to the the speed of the transitions um, of those shots. I, I definitely, you know, there were, like, these beautiful landscape shots throughout the film, but I think definitely one of the issues was the speed of the transitions. Like, the, the director seemed to have a hard time pausing in any given moment, and I think, I mean, part of that might have been, like, he seemed to be very eager to experiment with a lot of different kinds of film techniques, but wasn't he didn't seem to be very sure about what he was doing with them. Mm-hmm. For um, me, I, I completely agree. I felt yeah. like, but I, I, it, 
every time like it got like really like choppy in, in the editing and like all these fast cuts, I can tell it's like okay, you're trying like yeah, it's about memory. Like I get it, but can I actually just watch a movie? Like <laughs> I, I understand that this is all the meat of this movie is taking over place over a couple days of this trial, and that everything else that is like divergent is a memory of it. Mm-hmm. But I don't need these cuts to be like so impressionistic. I yeah. can just watch a scene happen. I can understand I can't. when something is in the past. Yeah, exactly. I don't And need... the, the thing is that the memories all looked very much like... Like, the emotional tone was very TV movie. It didn't feel <laughs> like real memory, and it felt like he was trying to yeah. chop it up to make it seem more like it was... You know, yeah. it, was, it was real memory the same way that, like, the stuff in Inception is actually what we're dreaming about. Yeah. Not, like, swimming through a bread bowl and playing chowder or something. Yeah. Like, That's a really interesting I know what you mean. I think part of that, too, is maybe the fact that the director was trying to... He was trying to take an abstract approach to exploring memory in a plot-driven movie. Yeah, I think that's the thing, is that it's like, I I needed more plot from this movie. He wanted... Yeah, if... But that's the thing. It's such a straightforward case, just with the racial implications. Yeah. You gotta kind of dress it up a bit with the love story and um, I think there's too much emphasis put on the love story and it kind of crowds out a lot of the like the early memories everything is so incredibly hyper focused on Mm -hmm. every conversation is about US or or you know white people and Japanese people do they get along (laughs) or is Ethan Hawke finally going to do it with the with the Japanese lady, mm-hmm. and that and that seems like not how memory. I don't know. I, I seem to have a, a fairly fragmented memory, but I think most how, people do. Yeah, exactly. I don't like think memory fragmented, really but not works like that. Yeah, I, I, so I, I, yeah, it seems like we all agree that it's like. We could tell what they're going for with these like, yeah. direction choices. I was. It feels, it, it, yeah. We were all agreeing as we were watching it. It feels really overdirected. Yeah. And that it doesn't seem to quite be accomplishing their goal of like, okay, it's these are these memories. I was embarrassed for the movie at points <laughs> because I wanted to like it a lot more than I was because there is a lot of good stuff in here, but just the editing and the directing was not helping anything. Have you ever yeah. watched one of those movies where it feels like every person working on the crew of the movie is trying to get something for the real like it feels like a lot of people trying really hard to get 10 minutes of stuff that shows like you know I can you know I can put on makeup really well you know I I can find old clothes or like I can you know make a courtroom look convincing but they're all kind of like waiting for the next movie to actually use it (laughs) in some coherent capacity <laughs> Too many yeah. cooks. It's kind of, it reminds me what the you know what I was saying earlier with the director experimenting. You know, there's a lot going on. Yeah, and I mean that, that can lead to good things. Like the guy who did the cinematography for Cool as Ice won an Oscar the next year for Schindler's List. Yeah, but that, that is crazy. Yeah, I think it, it speaks <laughs> to this movie being. Yeah, it's really crazy. It's true. <laughs> I can't believe I have not had the pleasure. It's wonderful. Mm-hmm. I, I guess the thing is that it, I feel like a lot of the ways that this movie feels like overdirected, it, like it's it, it's awards bait. Like yeah. it's like picking up on these like visual cues of like this is an awards movie. 
or like the like the weight that it's trying to address these like race issues. It's like it gets very blunt about it. Like this is a mo- very imp- like serious and important American movie about racism mm-hmm. in America, but like not delving like as deep as maybe you want it to. I will say the scenes where everyone is, they have put all the Japanese townsfolk on the bus and are sending them to the camp was really good. Yeah, and the yeah. shots of the camp itself were, like, really Because impactful. the movie actually calmed the fuck down and showed us what was going on. Yeah, because yeah, exactly. they needed to take the time to do the plot as opposed mm-hmm. to just, like, this impressionistic stuff. Yeah. Yeah, when, when the... They actually took a moment to slow down and actually stay on one scene and let it develop naturally and let the actors actually act for yeah. a, you know more of an extended period of time. I mm-hmm. think that's where the movie was at its strongest because they were able to really bring the characters to life. I mean, yeah. we definitely see that with the scene toward the end with the defendant's... Um, where is the defendant? Defense or, attorney, yeah. The defense yeah. attorney, um, his his you know big speech there. Yeah, Max von Sydow was fantastic. Yeah, it was just super compelling. I mean, a little bit a little bit cliche in some ways, but like he makes it work. He really yeah. does. It's like he, in, he sells it. It's the longest shot in the movie, and like one of the only ones that's a long shot of people instead of a long shot of scenery. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, he yeah. does a great job. It reminds me of a lot of you know just Atticus in yeah. To Kill a Mockingbird, yeah. but um. It also reminded me of uh, in Parade, the musical. Yeah, you should probably explain Parade because not a lot of people know. No one knows Parade. So Parade (laughs) was a Broadway musical in the late '90s. Uh, It is by pretty similar time period to when this movie came out. Yeah, this was. uh, It's it shares the themes of exploring racism in America and racism and prejudice. Yeah, Uh, because Parade, it's by Jason Robert Brown, who later did Last Five Years. It is based on the true story of Leo Frank, who was a Jewish factory owner in Atlanta, who was accused of raping and murdering one of the factory workers, a little girl, um, in 1912, and during the Memorial Day Parade, the Confederate Memorial Day Parade, not the regular one, so the end of April, not the end of May. And it's just about his trial and how everyone turns on him for being a Jew from New York and how his wife stands by him. She's a Southern Jew, so she could never really be like a Southern Belle in the same way. Yeah, but it's all a that. A lot of the same themes. Yeah, like, and um, a lot of like similar like characters placing in of like the local newspaper man. Yeah, but the newspaper man is a bastard. Yeah, he's a total shyster in this. Is supposed to be Ethan Hawke, who like is it okay. eventually does the right thing, which is the moral of this movie. Journalist turned <laughs> um, detective. But yeah, Max von Sydow's closing speech reminds me of uh, there's a song at the end of the, the trial where um, Leo sings about how he didn't murder a child. Uh, it's just called, it's called like, it's hard to speak my heart or whatever. Um, but it's just like his closing argument. Yeah. And just trying to get the same points across. Um, but then, of course, he's found guilty and... Oh. Yeah. So That's yeah, parade. Thing. Parade is this movie, but without a happy ending. Yeah. Well, parade. It's even more fucked up than just him just going to jail because uh, his wife gets an appeal, and so he's gonna be sent to like do another ra- like round of trial yeah. in a different city. Wow. Uh, and when he's being transferred to the next jail, uh, a mob steals him and hangs him. Oh. Yeah. Not oh. great. Which I mean, that's kind of what happens to. 
I don't, don't remember wrong that history of that happening in America. America. No, I'm just saying, like, in uh, To Kill a Mockingbird, yeah, exactly. I don't remember the defendant's name, but he gets killed in prison. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. it's the same stuff. Like, would that have happened to Hatsue's husband? I don't think so. But well, it like, reminds me of that, the, I mean, this is not quite, this is sort of a, an exaggeration, but yeah. in the one of the scenes toward the end, the snow falling on cedars in mm-hmm. the courtroom, when we find out that um, Hatsue... Yeah, the wife. Um, or no, the, the husband. Oh, Katsuo. Yes, Katsuo. Katsuo. When we find out that Katsuo, you know, he's he's being let go and he's going free, you see that woman in the background who, um, the woman who took advantage of his family and sold. The landowner. The yeah. landowner, yeah. yeah mm-hmm. Sold sold the property that was, you know, going to go to them. While he was at war and his family was in the Yeah, do you want to take like yeah, a second exactly. to explain all this? He's a warrior. Yeah, so, so, uh... <laughs> Katsuo's family previously worked on the land that, like, this, uh, the mother of the man who died. Yes. Uh, like, their family owned the land. Mm-hmm. And, like, it seems like sort of like almost like a sharecropping sort of thing. Like, it is, uh, but strawberries. Yeah, yeah. exactly. But, so the Japanese oh, that's family. Oh, strawberry girl. Yeah, yeah, because yeah, exactly. the town. Oh, I, I couldn't And all the Japanese people were strawberries. That's why you went to get Oreos. That's, yeah, they that's when you got you left. To go to the convenience store. I thought it was like a euphemism or something. No, 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 no. no. It was uh, their only crop on this island. Okay. That and fish. Wow, this all makes so much more sense now. <laughs> this this podcast makes more sense than the actual movie. I just want to. <laughs> But we're all just because we're not like it. reading a dear John letter twice yeah, exactly. during a war <laughs> scene. Like, go, God, I go, go. I go. But, but so anyway, yeah, it doesn't work. No, just final verdict. So anyway, this um, the white oh, oh, the, the her the older white woman's husband had originally mm-hmm. arranged an agreement with the Japanese family that they would get some of the land, but then yeah. when they all got taken away to the internment camp. She just, like, then, after they had already been, like, leasing it and, like, we were, like, arranged to buy it, then just, like, sold it off to some white family while they were in the internment camp. And then when they Yikes. came back, the family was understandably pretty fucking pissed that their land had gotten sold out from under them. Mm-hmm. So that's, like, kind of the... That that's like the emotional weight behind like the motive. That's like the motivation that the that uh, Katsuo supposedly had for the murder. That's the beef. And he and like and, and he admits it's like I wanted to kill him. Like yeah. he his family like was like like took advantage of like the situation my family was in. But he didn't um, kill him. So. I really liked the actress who played the uh, murder victim's wife. Like she when really uh, job, yeah. the sheriff came to tell her that her husband was dead, she like didn't believe him at yeah, first. Yeah, she like laughed. It, at it was it was really interesting. Yeah, that it was an interesting, interesting reaction. reaction. Yeah. yeah, I feel like that's that's an, a moment that happens in so many films. So it's it's always interesting when you see it handled slightly differently. When it's done well. Yeah, yeah. it felt that felt like a like one of the very like most emotionally honest scenes. Yeah, in mm-hmm. the movie to me. And I, then the baby cries, and she has to go leave to you know. Yeah. To the baby, mm-hmm. even though she's just received this terrible news. Um, yeah. What else happened? In what else happened? Uh, there was some war. The war yeah. was so poorly made. The war, the war was really poorly made. Uh, I, I really appreciated that it did seem like. Um, well, I, I, I wanted to talk about how I thought it was interesting the that the original um, one made more of the money back. <laughs> yeah, no, probably. <laughs> What were you gonna I, say? I wanted to talk about how um, I thought it was interesting that both um, Ethan and Katsuo were in World War II. Yeah. Uh, that uh, they're Ishmael. 
Ishmael was sent to the Pacific, and mm-hmm. Katsu was sent to Europe, mm-hmm. and Ishmael was not very good at war. And he barely got there. Like, bar- like, as soon as he got to the front, lost his arm and had to go home, as opposed to Katsuo, who, like, like endured some, like, a tr- psychological trauma, no doubt, but, like, was a war hero and, like, a well-decorated lieutenant. And we saw a murderer, dude. Yeah. Uh, yeah, there was some, like, amputation lingering... Well, that, yeah, during the, like, when they did Ethan's montage of war, yeah, there was uh, not the best shots of, like, not the most subtle or, like, well-done shots of, like, arm cut off and, like, washing up on seashore. Well, yeah, they had, like, the scene with the doctor where it just kind of looked like frozen meat when he's carrying it off because they didn't work on it. And then, like, the 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 lighting, like, cuts out, and you're like, oh, God, okay, I don't have to look at this arm again, and it cuts right back, and you're like, oh, God, it's the arm again. Yeah, Yeah. you just see fingers. Or it's like the visual equivalent of the echo thing, you know? Yeah, Yeah, we should talk about that, how... Uh, Hatsue wrote Ishmael a letter saying, a, a dear John letter yeah saying like yeah no not gonna work and in front of her mother yeah, she, she read it to her mother she first. read it aloud in front of her mother before she sent it I mean we saw that one scene where she's like don't fall in love with a white boy stay away from white boys honey yeah, yeah. Was... so we know that she she still obviously had feelings for Ishmael but she she needed to do it. it was yeah, she was a pra- she was the pragmatist in this movie. Yeah, mm-hmm. so much of it felt like uh, she knew the situation was fucked, and that mm-hmm. due to like the community's racism and her own parents' racism, she couldn't be with e- like Ethan Hawke's character. They'll always have the cave. They'll always have their little like teenage sex cave. Yeah. Didn't love those scenes. Yeah. Um, Dan, you were very right that it felt like they were just in the cave for 20 minutes when you well, left. No, no, okay, so I go out to get Oreos. The first 10 minutes of the movie, it's just the, these, like, underage kids, like, tr- trying to feel each other up in a cave. Occasionally it's Albeit artfully. <laughs> okay. Very tastefully done. This movie has a lot of sex scenes. There were at least three sex scenes. The same sex scene repeated twice. None of them were good. It's, it's very yeah, subtle, just in him. And so, but I go out to get Oreos, I come back, they're back in the cave, and they're finally they're doing it in the cave. Yeah, that was the first time they actually had sex. <laughs> and, and like, the apparently there was other the stuff movie. that happened. <laughs> it involved strawberries, but... <laughs> but yeah, yeah, there's a lot of cave, like cave fondling. Yeah. We love that cave. (laughs) So, Ethan's watching this entire trial happening and feeling weird, conflicted feelings about it. Because he's like, oh, if he goes to prison, I can slide right in. It's like, (laughs) he eventually realizes, no, you can't, you fucking idiot. Yeah. That's not... The whole town, and the whole town knows how horny he is. Yeah, everybody tells, like, is it the defense attorney or, like, the sheriff or, like, the Uh, defense attorney is like, I know how you look at her. Like, it's like, yeah, everybody knows how horny you are for I think her. the judge says something like that, too. Yeah. Yeah. Well, he has, Everyone like, this knew. sad puppy face, and you know as soon as he stops looking sad, he's going to start pumping something's leg. <laughs> it should be noted he isn't talking in this movie. For most Barely. Of he's mostly just looking very sad. Mostly pained expressions of doubt and there, fear. There, uh, this is probably the first movie where there are not there's not a single wry grin from Ethan Hawke. Yeah, no all, grinning in this film. All furrowed brows, no wry grins. Not even in the flashbacks, because... Yeah. Their love is so illicit. Well, and because they get a child to play a young Ethan Hawke. Well, that's true, too. And not actual Ethan Hawke. Yeah. Oh, he missed out. <laughs> they, they didn't pull a boyhood. The kid they got to play him looks a lot like young Ethan Yeah, no, it, he's similarly just an angular child. It was pretty funny. 
but uh, e- Ethan does his like best uh, junior detective work and figures out that there was like there's a freighter in this part of the water and that that caused a wave to ha- to come yeah. crashing and that's what threw the guy overboard and that's why he drowned and not because just... he was trying to pull the lantern down. Yeah. Well, it, well it's, just kinda, it, 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 it's like he's a white savior and a Deus Machina at the same time. It just comes out of nowhere. He's been sitting in the bench, just kind of like staring at what it. Yeah. That was that Oreo stuff. That was Oreo stuff. I would agree though that it felt like it didn't um, it didn't like CSI it where like you can kind of yeah. like solve the case yourself before it, like the movie solves it for you. Oh yeah, like, there was you, no you way Ethan's voiceover explaining what happened for it to make any sense. Well, it would if it had shown any more clues, we would have been like, oh, it's not him. And it kind of would have deflated it. I mean, I never thought he did it. No, exactly. And it, you can tell from the tone of this movie that it's like, this is a man falsely accused. Yeah. But, like, you don't know... You, like, you, the entire time, like, up until the very end where Ethan comes to the judge with this information, you don't have... Like, you don't have that in yourself, the knowledge, like, oh, here's how it actually happened, so <laughs> this is why it didn't go down like they say it did. Uh, sidebar on the judge, James Cromwell, wonderful. He oh, was yeah, also in Ethan's first movie, Explorers, as River Phoenix's father. <laughs> um, he makes a comment saying... Uh, during the trials, like tomorrow is the seventh anniversary of Pearl Harbor, which has nothing to do with this <laughs> trial. Yeah. Like, yeah, that was one of the that was a great moment. More obvious moments. Um, I love James Cromwell. Yeah, <laughs> he's so good in the Young Pope. You'll be a terrible Pope, Lenny, the worst. <laughs> I did think it was interesting, though, that um, and I don't know if that if this was historically accurate or if this was more of a plot-driven thing, but. The fact that no one else really, like, observed the crime scene that meticulously until the end when Ethan Hawke's character showed up. How did they not check that? Yeah. The entire time I was just thinking it's, like, fucking... I don't um, ever read about actual murder cases, though. Like, you know, if the guy's, like, tired or, Mm -hmm. you know, he got the wrong donuts or something. Yeah. I try not to. They stress me out. Like, so this is a wrong donut files. scenario. Like, that's the most believable part is and that they just kind of like I guess half-ass the the entire the entire thing. ending where Ethan's coming to the judge and the lawyers with all this new information. I just kept thinking of um, the Simpsons episode with uh, like like the the, the chowder. Oh yeah. It's like, well, well the jinx can... with Robert Durst, the thin blue line. Like, there's a million cases of, of like, and uh, they established Robert Jenkins. Uh, Richard Jenkins' is sheriff is being kind of goofy. He feels like he's some from Fargo. Or Twin Peaks, which there oh. are definitely some uh, oh. similarities in this movie, too. Yeah. Like, like, like the, the waterlogged like body. Yeah. David Lynch and uh, this movie's director, whose name I can't recall. At the exact Somebody moment. Hicks. Yeah, Scott Hicks. Scott Hicks. Scott. Uh, both zooming in on, like, these dismembered body parts. like. But the dismembered body parts in this aren't sexually charged <laughs> like they are for Mr. Lynch. It's, it's not this hot ear lying in a field. Why is I never love... got the sense the ear was that sexually. I thought it was something else he was no, getting at but with it's... the ear. The way that David it's Lynch also, films yeah. things, yeah, there it's it's always like the edge of a face that is licked roughly, and he's always just kind of getting off on suburbia being bad. Yeah, we don't need to talk about Tina Blinch right now. No, it's that's a <laughs> that's a different conversation for a different podcast. It'd be really weird if Ethan showed up in one of his movies. I don't think he'd really know what to do with them. I think no. Ethan is the right kind of 
weird beautiful for David to like get his greasy little fingers around. He could have been one of the teenagers <laughs> in Twin Peaks in yeah. the original. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 been. Yeah, definitely. They actually well, look similar. Yeah. yeah. Both very angular. Yeah, he couldn't have been pants. I don't. Could he have been Bobby? Kinda. Oh. No, probably just James. Well, this is getting back to the yeah, uh, anyway. the laziness of the crime scene, mm-hmm. you know, investigation. But part of me wonders if that was also kind of part of the racism, you know. They yeah. As soon as they have the suspect, it's like, well, like in these states, I'm just like, hey, you, can't, you can't trust the Japanese. You never know what they're thinking. And like, oh, just look at his face. You know he's guilty. They were like just so ready to just like throw everything out. Yeah. Oh, yeah. They were dehumanizing him. James Rebhorn was a mean yeah, he really was. He very convincingly. Yeah, yeah he, he was, was a, a he was a sly racist. Not even. I mean, it wasn't like subtle. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Was He's just like, look subtle. at the face of this man. This is a killer. Yeah. Yeah, and he doesn't have any expression. He feels mm. nothing. Just like, yeah. Man. Um, I don't know. This movie is just a lot is thrown at you. It, it, and it really does feel like it's thrown at you with how, like, non-linear it is, that it's just, like, you're getting all these, like, waves of different themes, like, one after another. The thing, like, if I had been, like, a cognizant person when this came out, and, like, do, the way I approach movies now, I would have gone to see this in theaters. Oh, yeah, I think that's, that's what I'm thinking. Like, I do... I would have done that. ...towards movies when they're coming out, yeah. and I probably would have seen this... And I probably would have felt the same way I do about it now, where it's like, okay, this could have been better, but I like some of the things they're doing. Yeah, I, I mean, I just, I've never seen a movie with an internment, the talk about the Japanese internment camps, so I'd and love... Hopefully there'll be another one. I, I hope so. Right? right? Do it back, yeah. I thought that, that sequence was good, but it's also, that wasn't what the movie was about, it was just about the trial, mostly, yeah. and just the background of it. I'm glad they acknowledge it, because in some descriptions that I've read... It wasn't clear if they were actually going to talk about internment yeah, camps or not. Washed over, it's like, oh yeah, so years ago this happened. But they really, anyway. they really went for it, which I'm really glad that they did. For I feel sure. like that's something that it, it in 1999 strengths. Yeah, no doubt. I definitely, yeah, I, I would agree with that. It was one of the more interesting parts of the movie. Mm-hmm. That's and like we were saying earlier is that's where the yeah. plot felt like it was actually coming in. Like mm-hmm. there was a series of events that happened, and the movie yeah. followed them through, and then went back to weird like cuts. So yes, I think it's it worthwhile. Like HD, you know, <laughs> it's worthwhile in that regard. Yeah. Um, I, I just wish it had been a better movie. <laughs> you, the first movies about any like large, horribly uncomfortable issues like that are rarely ever very good. Yeah, like yeah. the original roots. I mean, it's very historic. It's very important. important. Yeah, but there's like all these weird historical inaccuracies. You got mm-hmm. like O.J. Simpson. It's, it's like we started out at O.J. That Simpson, never helped. Made it. Yeah. O.J. Simpson. That's that never helped. And, and then of course we all know what happened to O.J. Simpson after that. He did it. So that's a really good point, though. You know, it's or like Holocaust, yeah. the TV miniseries. The first. Oh, I didn't know that existed. Out. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, the Anne Frank, Diary of Anne Frank, that became a movie like immediately. Like really? that was sixty-three well, like, or sixty-four. Immediately oh, after yeah. the camp, they like wanted Jacob Bose because the last stage where she was actually in the camp and then made the movie. That's mm-hmm. a great movie. Mm-hmm. But that's like Polish, and you know, you have to like. Yeah, but for America, yeah, American films, you have to go on an IRC like chat, those kinds chat of room to get it or whatever. Um, and then even when America started doing World War II movies, I mean, like Patton. Yeah. Patton's all about the war. It's yeah. Not, well, Hogan's Heroes. You had a sitcom oh, on for seven. That is insane. About caught in a in German, German like, yeah, POW. POW. I can't 
stop thinking about how insane that show existing was. Well, there was a great Mad Magazine page where it's just <laughs> them in an actual concentration camp. I got it in the way. Uh, we'll let's look at that later. Yeah, yeah, look at that later. Yeah, later. <laughs> well, I think that also, I mean, maybe part of that is thinking about how America perpetuates its myths and sort of its romanticized past. I mean, I think it a yeah, lot of ways... Yeah, it has trouble addressing these things, and, that, like, mm-hmm. when it does address them, it's it's, it's usually pretty clunky, like parts yeah. of this movie are. Super. It's very uncomfortable in how it tries to come to grips with the deeply disturbing things that the U.S. has always done and will, you know, is continuing oh. to do. Mm-hmm. I think it's um, a- there's like a presumption on, on the part of a lot of film directors that audiences literally will not care about historical atrocities unless it is somehow yeah unless it has a shoehorned in through like a very attractive man say, not getting any for a while. This or, literally <laughs> just happened because they just made a movie about the Armenian genocide. Did that, did that movie have like a weird romance plot? From what I've read, I mean, oh, Hotel geez. Rwanda oh, for fucking yeah. sake. Yeah. But at least I'd start a black guy. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah I, I, it's like... I mean, I don't want to take it away from the Japanese stars of this film, but obviously Ethan's the one on the poster. Yeah, exactly. And the woman who played Hatsue. Even yeah. though he, interestingly enough, isn't really the protagonist. Yeah, yeah no, Hatsue is definitely the protagonist in this movie, which I like. As Like, watching it, that's what I liked, is that she is the most, like... She felt like the most developed character. And it, we should note that yeah. this is easily the most developed female character we've seen in any Ethan Hawke movies so far. Yeah, especially ones ones that we've discussed. Yeah. Um, I liked that a lot of her struggle in the present is just her frustration of how crooked this trial seems to be. Yeah. And how she can't help or do really anything. I think that's an interesting place to that put her in. That powerlessness. Yeah, and I'm glad they didn't do something where, like, they find her on the boat or something. Yeah, like, no. just make everything worse. She she was really smart. She knew she couldn't do anything. Yeah. Well, I feel like she she turned in a really good performance when she was allowed to act. I mean, I guess this mm-hmm. kind of goes back to, to your point. She... There's way too many shots where I think the director thought that if I just focus on somebody crying or looking tense for a long time, that will convey mm-hmm. whatever it is I want to happen. But he's not the director, the cinematographer, whoever I guess was in charge of this. They weren't a talented uh, portrait artist. You know, they're not like yeah. Tarkovsky or something. So it just ends up looking flat, and they're just kind of like, wow. And there's a I lot of, for five minutes. There's wow. a lot of. Um, Silhouettes in this movie, uh, like the like uh, Ethan Haw- Ethan Hawke and uh, 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 oh jeez uh, Ishmael and Hatsune. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Like all those cave scenes are in, the, yeah. are in like that same like same like silhouettes. Uh, and then you see the same mm-hmm. thing when you, um, they they do scenes with um, Katsuo and Hatsune kissing as well, and it's the mm-hmm. same mirrored silhouettes. But it's like yeah, a lot of the emotional like scenes in this of people are like very flat. Yeah. It's that same sort of flat like oh this like they're like very aggressive. It's yeah. not like they're not like for some flat. They're like mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, like I'm gonna be flat, but I'm gonna be flat in your face, <laughs> motherfucker. It's all very zoomed yeah. in. <laughs> yeah, which just goes back to like the same complaints we were talking about earlier about the editing and direction of this movie. Um I don't know. It was more interesting to me than it being just a bad movie. Yeah, for sure. Absolutely. It, I like frustrating movies. Yeah. Well, exactly. I think, and I think that goes back to something that we can all agree upon, is that there are a lot of 
really interesting and good moments. There was a lot of talent. The cinematography was gorgeous. Mm-hmm. There were a lot of really cool things that were happening, but it was kind of like watching the product or the creation of someone who hasn't quite mastered their craft. Yeah. At least there's that's a, how there's I a lot of things that this movie does excellently, and there's a lot of things that it like falls short on. That it just shits mm-hmm. the bed on. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think like the things that it shits the bed on, though, it like doubles down on them mm. so aggressively. Yeah. That it's, it's very gung like, how the rest of it is getting <laughs> it's very shit. It's very sure of itself. It seems to be the thing. And like mm-hmm. it it just needed another go around. Yeah. In the editing booth <laughs> yeah. really. Of just like someone someone else watching and just be like, oh, this is a, making me a little bit dizzy. Can we just cut down on this? Like, a bit? parts of yeah. it felt like somebody tapping a pencil on a desk. Yeah. To me. I mean, I, 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 don't, I know what I you mean. like the movie so much, but I am enjoying complaining. <laughs> it's, Everyone loves complaining. It's the best. I definitely like it. it. I think that's. Well, so do you want to do we want to go around and give our ratings for it? Yeah, we usually do wry grins from Ethan, but I feel like we have to do furrowed brows for this one. Somber brows. Furrowed brows. There were so many shots of his brow. You go first. I give I give it three out of five furrowed brows. I liked it. I just really think it didn't achieve what it was setting out to do at times. I agree. Three. uh, I'm saying three out of five. Just internment camp. Good job. Yeah. The, the things it does well, it does well enough for me that I, uh, I like it. I'm like somewhere between a two and a three. Yeah. Yeah. Two yeah. and five. For a brass. Yep, for a brass. <laughs> two with an extra star for the internment camp. Yeah. But still two. Fair. All right. I think that's about it. All right. Well, thank you so much for joining us. Yeah. Nice. This was very happy. fun coming out of your house with your nice projector. Yeah, that was yes, cool. Yes, that was pretty sweet. Um... All right, well, keep hawking the skies. <laughs> <laughs>